Hi! Welcome to the Romance Me Podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. And we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. You're awesome. Here's your bear. Today we'll be discussing Pitifully Ugly by Robin Alexander. Displeased with her life and with wine in hand, Shannon impulsively creates a dating profile to prove she can manage her own love life. Thank you very much. While enduring romantic misadventures, she makes a connection with Newbie, a shy woman who's unwilling to meet in person, except maybe they have already met. There will be spoilers beyond this point. Well, what is the state of Shannon when we first meet her? At the beginning, we have a prologue where Shannon is talking to her sister. They're out at dinner. The sister is like warning her against the evils of online dating and is like, you just need to practice. You can practice on the waiter. And Shannon's like, yeah, but I'm gay. The waiter's a dude. (laughs) But we are introduced to how crappy Shannon is at interacting with other people because... When she tries to flirt with the waiter, she's just like, I like your shirt. And it's his work shirt with the restaurant's logo on it. And he's just like, um, okay. Yeah, poor buddy. (laughs) She doesn't people well, which is fine. Lots of people don't people well. I wouldn't necessarily say that I people well. I prefer not to people. We get a little backstory on Shannon. We find out she's 37 and single. And she's kind of been, up until this point, leapfrogging from relationship to relationship. As one relationship's ending, she finds another one. Until her final relationship just left without, like, any hint. And she's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Her sister Kaylin sets her up on a date with a woman named Jackie, who seemed cool initially, But as they're driving to, I guess, the restaurant or wherever they're going, Jackie gets road rage, like, really bad. Yeah, she has some issues. (laughs) And while they're trying to talk, the driver in front of them is talking on their cell phone while they're stalled out in traffic. And Jackie's, like, super pissed off about this. So she stops the car, gets out of the car... Walks over to the other car, grabs that person's cell phone, and throws it. Because <laughs> that helps the situation. Projectile cell phones. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I don't know. It was so funny. It was funny. A little terrifying, but very funny. It would be very terrifying if it really happened. <laughs> oh, yes. And Shannon says, would you take me home, please? Jackie starts to look upset and Shannon's like, never mind, I'll walk. And she gets out of the car and (laughs) runs into the convenience store parking lot. Never mind, I will handle this myself. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Shannon calls her sister to come pick her up because she's like, you need to deal. You need to share my pain. (laughs) Not to mention, I mean, her sister set this up. Her sister needs to be involved (laughs) with the ameliorating. Yes. (laughs) Then she gets dropped off at home and meets her new neighbor, Haley, who is locked out of the back gate. They have like a courtyard in their apartment building or whatever. And so she's trying to unlock the gate to the courtyard and it's a sticky lock. And so Shannon helps her with the gate and then they kind of introduce each other and 
and stuff like that. But then when they stop talking about the sticky lock, Shannon is just like, I didn't know what else to say. So she just kind of runs away. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. Sometimes it's just nothing to say. And then there's wide open space and you need to avail yourself of it. <laughs> After that, she decides, fuck getting set up by my sister. <laughs> I hate everything. I am doing things my way now. She makes a profile on the rainbow room which is a gay dating website she puts up a childhood picture of herself where she looks extremely dorky and makes a kind of like a snarky profile (laughs) yeah i'd say that there's a healthy (laughs) dose of snark in that profile yeah it says mid-30s well maybe a little north of that still single housebroken but rabid (laughs) if you're looking for something different then i'm your girl Write me if you dare. (laughs) Honestly, it made me think of something you would put on a profile. (laughs) I'm trying to think how I want to respond to that. (laughs) The gears in my brain have stopped. Nothing's moving. There's a whole lot of stillness going on. It's the snark, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. And then also the, I dare you to contact me. (laughs) Be brave. (laughs) Or be gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But after she sets up her profile, she gets a call from Kaylin, her sister, who reminds her that she's, that Kaylin is going off on a vacation with her husband. And so Shannon is going to have to take over Kaylin's duties at their job. Shannon and Kaylin own four salons and they do very well. You get the impression they do very well because money isn't really a big deal in this book. Yeah, no, it really isn't. It feels like Shannon lives in this apartment just because she likes it, not because she can't afford a house or anything. There's a couple other hints too, like later in the story, she buys expensive things. No issue. She goes clothing shopping. No issue. She gives someone $500 as a thank you. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like she's really hurting for money, which, yay. The nice thing about her business with her sister is that normally her sister is the face side of the business and she's more the back end side, like the accounting and, you know, the businessy type stuff, the back office stuff. Which may explain some of the financial security that she has because maybe she knows how to manage her money. Oh, yeah, that's... That makes sense. Since Kaylin's going to be on vacation, she's going to have to step in and do some interpersonal skill things. Yeah, Shannon takes charge of her life. Like, she goes and gets her hair done. She takes a proactive approach to her own health. Although you get the impression nobody else really has a problem with it, but she does. Yeah, she kind of uses these two weeks without her sister there to do a self-makeover, I guess. Yeah. Because you're right. I think you get the impression that she started indiscriminately eating at the end of her last relationship. And now she's just like, actually, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, she she makes some, <laughs> some lifestyle changes. She also starts talking with someone online whose name 
online is newbie and newbie is new to new orleans and they have like this it seemed to me like a very chit chatty sort of email conversation back and forth and it didn't seem like i don't know shannon really feels like a spark she feels a connection to this newbie person but the emails are pretty innocuous to me yeah i felt that way too You know, and it seemed like very much like if you've done any online dating at all, it's very much like, oh, so where are you from? And is this your first time doing online dating? Oh, mine too. Have you met anyone? Not yet. I'm scared. Yeah. (laughs) The next day, Shannon goes to a salon that she doesn't own to get her hair cut. And she uses a fake name because she doesn't want to get in trouble with her sister or the competition. But while she's there, she meets an excellent stylist named Marvin, who just makes her incredibly sexy and wonderful looking. I immediately loved Marvin. He's just the best character in this book. Just so awesome. Yeah, I love Marvin. (laughs) Everyone needs a Marvin in their life. (laughs) Yes. Therapy (laughs) and Marvin's for everyone. (laughs) Yes. I want an emotional support Marvin. totally i want emotional support marvin but marvin actually recognizes shannon and and was hoping that she was like looking like she was scouting for new hires or whatever Uh and he reveals that (laughs) that he knew who she was and so she's all well i really love my haircut so give me your card i'll contact you later and let you know yes he he really wants to be poached yes he does he's like please hire me (laughs) but It's evident that he is a good choice for a hire because he does an excellent job on her hair. Mm -hmm. He has excellent customer service skills. He's great. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so Shannon gets back home and runs into Haley again. And Haley's just like, oh, wow, I almost didn't recognize you because your hair. And she's all, no, it looks awesome. At this point, you can tell Shannon had made the decision already to hire Marvin because she's like, oh, he's moving to this salon soon. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so shannon's feeling pretty pumped up i think because she got hit on by another stylist at the salon and Haley told her that her hair looked fantastic so she's just like oh yeah she's she's feeling herself she's got the confidence boosts she gets home and writes to newbie again and they're still doing their back and forth but shannon does mention that she got a haircut (sighs) then she gets a call i guess that there's an issue going on at one of her other salons where two of the stylists had almost come to blows dun, dun, dun. <laughs> drama is this a thing where, where hairstylists fight each other i don't know i hope not <laughs> yeah i hope not i always thought the salon was like a happy place uh, i don't know if i necessarily <laughs> can always consider them happy i understand that a certain level of drama always exists but not physical drama. There really shouldn't be physical drama. But I suppose that could happen anywhere, really. But when Shannon shows up at the store or at the salon, she gets called into the back with the manager and the manager tells her what happened. And then she calls in the two people and fires them on the spot. And it looks like they're going to argue with her. And she's all, no, I suggest you leave before I have you escorted out by the police. And she's actually really, I felt smooth and professional 
with this whole interaction and it almost feels like she surprises herself too i think yeah i think she does i think she was worried that she couldn't do it i know she was very nervous about the prospect of having to fire someone because her sister normally handles those sorts of things but i think she handled it really well yeah, and I mean, she made sure all the paperwork was in an or- order and everything, too. Like, the manager had been documenting incidents with these workers, so they deserve to be fired. But... Yeah, this was not the first incident. Yeah. And then Shannon tells the manager, oh, I have one replacement for you already. <laughs> so Marvin is going to start working at that particular store or salon. Lucky him. Which I think is their biggest slash best busiest salon or whatever yes and then at the end of the day she has like this little self-congratulation moment where she's just like i got a haircut i found a new employee i handled a tense sensation without throwing up i'm doing good she gives herself her girls. yeah she does when she gets home she runs into Haley again Haley's on her way out this time to get chicken on a stick with fuzzy her dog shannon gets inside and calls marvin and offers him the job and he's just like hell yeah he asks her if she would like to go to a bar for drinks with him and his friends later that night he says oh yeah my friends are stylists too i won't tell them who you are though and she accepts the invitation but at the same time she feels like a little weirded out by it too like worried that her sister's gonna judge her for being too friendly with with employees or i guess new employees or whatever i think only marvin's supposed to be the employee right because the other ones are just what the competition yeah that's what i mean though. Oh, okay i can sort of see that but at the same time you know shannon's finding her way and she's an adult so (laughs) yeah the thing about this though is that this is one of those things where shannon like worries about it and you kind of think about it and it makes sense to me but then it's not a thing at all well it's sort of in certain ways it became a thing right because of well not with marvin well no not with marvin that's what i'm saying like it it, it's there was potential for it to be a thing but marvin's just cool throughout well marvin's just cool and not that i (laughs) Not that I mind because Marvin is cool and I'm happy with the way Marvin is in this story, but it it was an opportunity for it to be a thing that wasn't. Yeah, happened. it was. I, I think the way that it became a thing with her and Alicia, you have to limit the amount of things going on at any one time, I think. Yeah, that's true. And it could have become a thing, but I think then Marvin wouldn't have been as awesome and cool as he actually is. I kind of feel like maybe it should have been left out then. Like, we shouldn't have had that too familiar comment. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm feeling a little nitpicky today, I guess. <laughs> today? <laughs> if I were the editor, I would strike that one sentence from this Oh book. my. <laughs> Getting slashy. But she gets to the bar and meets uh, Marvin's friends, who are cool, and then also meet meets Alicia, who is the stylist that hit on her at the salon where Marvin used to work up until now. And Alicia totally is into Shannon and is flirty with her, and they dance, and she invites her back home, and Shannon's drunk, and so she's like, hell yeah. And (laughs) there's this fun little... 
part in the book where it's, it's like a conversation between her head and her her vagina i guess like yeah. her brain and her body because <laughs> it says you don't know this woman my brain said loudly well we could get to know her if you'd shut up the lower half of my body countered Kaylin <laughs> <laughs> is going to have a fit my brain said we are well north of 21 and we don't need Kaylin's blessing I was inclined to agree with the lower region. <laughs> well, hell, do it. I'm pickled anyway. Brain was on board. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Yeah, cute. no, I like that too. <laughs> but then she gets to Alicia's place and they start making out right away. And it's like very much the rushed, like ripping each other's clothes off. And it's just very hot and in the moment and... Shannon pushes Alicia down and Alicia's like, oh, you like to be in charge? Well, why don't you use this? And she gives her a strap on that has like a vibrating bit and she straps her into it. And it's a really well-fitting, secure, <laughs> securely fastened strap on. <laughs> so they start going at it. But apparently Alicia has a significant other already Oops. named Anne who comes into the room. And is like, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> and Alicia says, what does it look like, Anne? <laughs> Ooh, sassy. And Anne says, with my harness, the one you bought me for my birthday? Uh, no. No, no. No. Yeah, so you find out that Alicia is a total tool. Oh my god. Not appropriate, Alicia. <laughs> Not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> But Shannon is like, oh, God, I'm trying to nope out of here. And she's trying to take the harness off, but she can't. And so she just puts her pants on over it, but she can't zip it up because it's too girthy. Yeah, she, and... has, she has wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> and it's vibrating, so she just can't really, like, focus very well at all. And she runs home. <laughs> <laughs> And she's, she's trapped at the gate of the courtyard, like, trying to get her keys out. <laughs> and, of course, just at that moment, Haley shows up and opens the door. And she's like, hold the door. <laughs> Haley says, are you okay? Yes. I'm fine. Haley says, are you vibrating? Nope. <laughs> You are mistaken. Shannon says, my phone. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> uh, she drops her coat in the hall and can't even think about bending over with it. And she's like, hopefully whoever finds it likes it. She's trying to minimize her own personal trauma. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta leave shit behind and just bolt. She finally makes it into her apartment and has to cut the harness off <laughs> <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> and as she's recovering, lying on the floor, sobbing with relief, <laughs> there's a knock on the door. And it's Haley who's returning her jacket. (laughs) 
<laughs> and when she passes the kitchen, the harness is still vibrating on the floor. And so she stomps on it a few <laughs> times, finds the buttons, turns it off, and throws it away. And as she walks off, she says, happy fucking birthday, Anne. <laughs> died reading that that was a great scene i couldn't wait for you to read that scene i'm like oh this is gonna kill her i'm so happy (laughs) i looked forward to your death (laughs) yeah no that was great the next day she wakes up and there's a message from newbie who asks for recommendations for local things to do. Shannon kind of asks her out, sort of. She's like, well, I could show you around some of the sites in town. And Newbie replies and is like, well, no offense, but I would really like to get to know you, but I'm not ready to meet anyone in person yet. Shannon's just like, oh, rejection. (laughs) I hate my life. Woe is me. But she wants to still go out. Like, she has, like, this personal goal to have at least gone on one date while her sister's gone. To prove that she can do stuff herself and doesn't need to be set up anymore with road rage people. (laughs) She finds that someone else messaged her who goes by charity. They have, like, a little quick flirtation back and forth over email. Charity's like, oh, would you like to meet for coffee? And Shannon's like, yeah, sure. Let's do this. They make plans. As she's heading out for her date, she runs into Haley again. And they have like a little conversation. Haley makes sure to ask Shannon if she's feeling better. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon's like, yes, much better. Thank you. (laughs) All good now. Thank you so much for asking. (laughs) But they have a nice little chit chat. And then... Uh, she's like yeah I like being able to walk fuzzy in the courtyard after dark that's what I was doing when you came in last night and she's like looking at Shannon like please tell me what was going on last night (laughs) (laughs) Shannon says I kind of had a problem with my zipper (laughs) Haley says you were lit I could smell the alcohol in your breath a few feet away you really shouldn't drink and zip it's not safe (laughs) (laughs) and then Haley says (laughs) your phone has one hell of a vibrator on it the change in your pocket was rattling (laughs) (laughs) and then she blushes because she's like oh wait I just said something that I maybe should not have said (laughs) awkward love it (laughs) But overall, a pleasant, good conversation. Shannon gets to the coffee shop and meets up with Charity, whose real name is Stacy. Things seem to be going well at first. You know, they're <laughs> oh, talking and have shared <laughs> have shared uh, interests and things like that. And then Stacy says, how many dates do you like to go on before things get intimate? Uh. <laughs> 
Shannon is kind of like, um, oh, I thought we were going to like be friends and see what happened, you know. But she's starting to pay a little bit closer attention and she notices that Stacy has like an indentation on her finger where she might have been wearing a ring. Yes, on a particular finger. She kind of starts wondering like, huh, is she cheating on a wife or is she scouting for a threesome for her husband or like what's going on here and stacy says how do you feel about anal sex (laughs) (laughs) and then shannon basically shouts and she says oh my god you touch babies with those hands And Stacy says, don't get all prudish and lower your voice. Look, I don't think things are going to work out between us. And Shannon's like, I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Shannon, nurses touch all kinds of things. (laughs) When she gets back home, she meets Haley in the courtyard again. This is sort of becoming a thing. Haley invites her out for coffee, but... Shannon's like, well, how about a walk instead? Maybe lunch. And so they go out for a walk. They have a nice, a nice conversation. You know, they talk about fuzzy and they talk about how much dating sucks. And as they're walking, they head down the, the gay district. And Shannon's kind of thinking to herself, oh, well, maybe Haley doesn't know this is the gay area. Because she thinks Haley is straight. Yeah, she doesn't know. She asks Haley, where did you move from? And Haley says, oh, I was on, I'm going to butcher this name, Chupatula Street. Is it Chupatula? If you're from New Orleans, if you're from Nolans. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Stop digging. (laughs) (laughs) Haley apparently moved to the neighborhood from a long-named street that starts with a T. Yes. T Street. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's fair. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of where we get a, a little bit of insight into Haley's tell, because every time Haley sort of skirts the truth, her lips twitch. And Shannon is picking up on the lip twitching and she kind of picks up on like, oh, it must be something Haley doesn't want to tell me. I think it's like a clue for the reader, too. Yeah, I think so. We find out that Shannon grew up in the area, but her parents retired in Florida. And then Shannon tells Haley all about her date with Stacy and how Stacy was a little too forward and how she felt kind of deceived because... They chatted online and she seemed one way. And then when they met in person, she seemed a different way. Hey, but at least she found out soon. (laughs) But this, the the fact that Shannon brings up that she felt deceived kind of gives Haley an in. Because at this point, Haley reveals that she um, was divorced and cheated on her husband. Yes. Yeah, she opens up. And this kind of makes... Shannon's sad because she was kind of hoping Haley was also gay, even though she thought she was straight. Haley says how crappy she feels about having cheated, but her husband did forgive her. 
but there's no chance for reconciliation. Haley says something which I think is telling because she says, I love him, but I can't be a wife. Yeah. She's kind of like, I feel, I feel in this conversation, she's kind of hinting. Yeah, that doesn't mean that she can't be a wife. She's just not a wife to a husband. She'd be a wife to a wife. But yeah. Yeah, except that this book doesn't really... This book was published in 2010. Okay. So I know gay marriage was a little politically different back then, at least in uh, the U.S. I don't know if that's why it's worded that way in this book. Yeah, or maybe just after getting out of a divorce, she just doesn't feel like she wants to be married regardless of or in a committed relationship with anyone. You know what I mean? Like she may be heart hurt. Do you think that maybe that... Maybe. You're right. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But it felt to me like she was saying, I can't be with a dude when she said I can't be a wife. Due to the time when the book was written, I kind of wonder if this is like a reference to gay marriage not being a thing yet in Louisiana. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, that may be... It felt to me like this should have been a hint to Shannon that... Haley wasn't necessarily straight, even though she had been married to a man. Yeah, maybe that was Haley's way of trying to indicate to Shannon that she was gay. But at the same time, it is kind of like a weird, like, so I cheated on my husband and I'm a divorcee, but by the way, I'm gay and I'm into you. Yeah, I mean, there's no... (laughs) A little awkward for a coffee mug. Like, um... It's a difficult way to... So, yeah. I mean, I understand why she didn't, you know, come clean all the way at that point. Yeah, it's a little awkward (laughs) to try to fit all that in. Hi, I'm a cheater, but I wouldn't cheat on you, I promise. I know that, yeah, it's a tricky topic because the book deals with infidelity throughout the story. I mean, and a couple like side characters too. Yeah, it does. And I feel like the treatment of infidelity in the story is actually really interesting because in many stories, especially romance stories, cheating is is completely off the table. If someone's a cheater, they are a, a quote bad guy. Yes. Here is your mustache and your black hat. Yeah, basically, yes. Like it's just nightly whiplashed. <laughs> here are the train tracks <laughs> and some rope <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this book i mean Haley is is our heroine so it kind of paints the subject of cheating in a different light part of it i think is the the idea of struggling with your sexuality and marrying someone while denying who you actually are like that kind of thing. And they even get into it a little bit where Haley says something about how she viewed the cheating as like a one-time thing to get it out of her system. But then once she started, she realized she couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah, I think as far as Haley's concerned, like she was unfaithful to to Mark, her ex, her husband. Yes. But not everybody views it as cheating. Like you were saying, like it's sort of left up to the reader, I guess, either to not view it as cheating or to view maybe infidelity in degrees, you know, like burns, like a burn victim. Yeah, definitely. It paints it paints the subject of infidelity and, you know, in shades of gray versus like a black and white issue. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. And and the author does a really good job at portraying Haley in 
a good light still. Like you can tell she feels remorseful about having cheated on her husband. She feels she's probably never going to forgive herself for it. Yeah, she's really reluctant to. Yeah, but at the same time, she she realized she couldn't deny her sexuality for the rest of her life and be happy. And I tend to be kind of more on, on the black and white side of the fence when it comes to infidelity. Like, if you cheat, you are bad. I hate you. <laughs> but this book kind of made me think about it a little bit differently. And I, I have, a I think, a, a better appreciation for how it can be more nuanced. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of like an interesting thing about this book. It took something that's, you know, stereotypically bad and turned it into just character building instead. Yeah, well, I mean, and to be fair, it's a story, so it's good that it went to character building. Yes, all the character building is good. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Build them with strong muscles and bones. So after they have this conversation about the cheating, they have lunch at a health food place. Haley apparently likes it, but Shannon's like, oh, God, this is terrible. (laughs) And where is the real food? (laughs) And then Shannon says, my sister tried to warn me away from online dating, but I didn't take her advice. And then Haley asks her where she signed up, like what dating site she signed up on. And Shannon says, oh, the rainbow room. It's for lesbians. And then it says, Haley's lips did that odd little twitch again before she took a sip of her tea. And I think Shannon interprets like the twitchy lips at this point as kind of like, is she okay with me being gay? And she even asks her, like, does it make you uneasy that I'm a lesbian? And Haley's like, no, no, you're fine. I'm happy you're comfortable with who you are. Yeah. But then they have like this fun little conversation where Haley kind of gives her like a rendition of her first impressions of Shannon. She's like, I've been told I'm very accurate with my first impressions. And so she tells Shannon, like, it's obvious you're shy and you're uncomfortable with small talk, but you're also really organized and clean and tells her some other stuff and then tells her like why she had those impressions. And she was accurate. And then she asks Shannon to give her first impressions. And she says, what do you see in me? And one of the things Shannon points out is that Haley is hiding something she's not ready to talk about. Hint. But I won't ask what your secret is. Yeah, so this is one of those moments where you're just kind of, I think as a reader, just going like, just tell her, just just tell her, please, please, Haley, you're so close. I, I know, there were several times in this book where I got kind of frustrated with, I don't know if it was a story, I don't know if it was Haley, maybe Shannon too, like, I don't understand why certain things are not being discussed, because there doesn't seem to be a reason to not discuss them. The next day, they they made a date to play tennis together. Like, not a date. Like, a friend date. A hang. Yeah. But they have a lot of fun. They get home. Haley comes in to Shannon's apartment and discovers that Shannon decorates her apartment with filing cabinets, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she uses filing cabinets as dressers and stuff, too. Well, to each his own. (laughs) She even says, she says... Oh, I see you decorate an early American office. (laughs) Some people take compartmentalizing a bit too far. (laughs) But then they go back to uh, Haley's apartment because Haley has been trying to hang pictures on the wall, but she can't figure it out. And Shannon says, oh, you need a special drill bit for the concrete walls. 
and she has one. And so she brings over her drill bit and helps Haley hang pictures in her apartment. And it's a very nice domestic sort of afternoon, I think. Um, Shannon's been not working all day, even though she should have been. And <laughs> Yay, hooky! Haley offers uh, to make her dinner. And Shannon's like, oh, well, I kind of have work to do. And Haley's like, well, it's you could come back and have dinner at six. Shannon's like, okay. So she goes back home to do some work. She checks her uh, online dating messages and she sees a new one from Newbie that says, sorry, I haven't written. I've been a bit busy the last few days. I'd like to ask you a question. Are you completely honest with the women you chat with on here? And Shannon's like, um, okay. <laughs> she says she doesn't answer questions she doesn't feel comfortable with, but she gives honest responses. Why? <laughs> no reason. And newbie says, I've met someone I really like, and I haven't exactly lied to her, but I haven't been forthcoming with the entire truth. I think she might be upset with me when I tell her, but I don't want to go on perpetuating half-truths because I think she's someone I really want to get to know. Do you have advice? And then Shannon's like, oh, well, thanks a lot, newbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because remember, Shannon had asked Newbie out, kind of, and Newbie was like, um, no. And now it turns out Newbie met someone. So Shannon's feeling really rejected, and she replies, keep up the lie and hope she never finds out. That's how the game is played. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Then she goes back and she rereads all these emails, and she's like, I read too much into this. And then Haley calls her sounding upset and cancels dinner because something came up. Her emotions, but yes. Hmm. Do you feel like Shannon should have realized earlier that Haley was newbie? I've thought about this. I don't know if she would have. I don't know if I was in Shannon's position if I would have put two and two together. Yeah, because Haley figures it out pretty, pretty quickly, but she has the clues, like the haircut yeah, she has clues, whereas Shannon really doesn't. I think that feels very realistic for the story. You know what I mean? Because it would have been weird if Shannon had figured it out in that moment. Because I would have been wondering how could she have done that? Because it's not like in Newbie's messages there was anything that was that telling. I don't think, I don't remember there being anything that struck me as, oh, she should have connected those dots. Yeah, because when Shannon does figure it out, it makes sense the way she figures it out. It totally makes sense. I keep going back and forth in my head about this. Like, should, should Haley have said something? What do you think? Do you think Haley should have, like, as soon as she figured out, said something? Or... Should she have not said anything and then sort of did the back door, like trying to get inside information from Shannon, like, hey, I don't want to lie to this person. The thing is, though, is that I have two answers to that question because there's what I would have done and then what Haley would have done. And I think for me, if, if I were in that situation... I probably would have brought it up when I figured it out or when I thought I had it figured out. I would probably say something like, so this is really weird, but you said you were on that site and so am I. And are you this person? Because I'm this person. Yeah. Oh, what a coinky dink. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would have brought it up at that point. That doesn't really seem to be an in character sort of thing for Haley yeah. to do because Haley seems to be much more cautious. Yeah. You know, she's been burned. She's afraid of love. So it makes sense that she wouldn't bring it up that way. 
But it did seem really weird that she would ask advice in that way because she doesn't seem to be aware of how it comes off because it makes a lot of sense to me too how Shannon reacts. Why is this chick that I've been flirting with on a dating site asking me advice about dating someone else? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of not cool either. Yeah, like I know this person is into me, but let me ask them about dating someone else. Yeah. So I wasn't really on board with that. I don't think Haley's stupid, so I kind of like was confused as to why she would do that. Yeah, I guess I was also confused why Haley was so reluctant. Like the level of reluctance seems pretty extreme. And maybe I just don't understand Haley as a character. Are you talking about the reluctance to tell the truth or the reluctance to be in a relationship? More to tell the truth, because I understand the divorced bet on the wrong horse twice in a way. I, I, I understand that. I don't understand the not being honest about basically other things. But maybe they're not other. Maybe they're connected in ways that I don't understand. Because humans are hard. Fictional humans are hard. No, too. I'm with you on this because it seems... It seems in character for her to be reluctant to a certain point, but you can tell that she's feeling uncomfortable with it because she does write that email to Shannon as yeah. Mickey. But the fact that she did it that way seems so wrong. It seems like she's torturing herself unnecessarily. And then she does that thing where she just pulls back. I feel like she should have moved forward with it anyway. Yeah. The advice that Shannon gives too is really out of character for Shannon and for what Haley knows of Shannon. So why would she take that advice? I thought that too. Like Shannon, I feel like I intellectually understand. (laughs) Haley, I don't get. Could be that Shannon and I are sisters in snark. That could (laughs) could be a factor. (laughs) I think so. I think that Shannon's brain is more like Uh, your brain than Haley's brain She makes more sense to me. Haley is (laughs) an alien in some ways. Is it the snark or the social awkwardness? Probably a combination thereof. It's a very chicken and egg thing. (laughs) Did the snarky make the social awkwardness? Or did the social awkwardness make the snarky? Who knows? Just grab on and enjoy the ride. (laughs) Strap in. (laughs) Strap on. That's exactly where my brain went. Oh, but Haley has been like avoiding Shannon from that point on. And so Shannon decides, okay, well, I'm going to just keep going, keep plugging along. Yeah, Shannon continues to do Shannon. She gets another message on the dating site from someone else who seems really cool, who goes by Marcy. Marcy's message at the end has a PS that says, avoid, quote, charity like the plague. (laughs) She's seriously twisted. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of uh, makes Shannon feel a little bit more comfortable because, huh, well, she thinks charity's twisted. Maybe we're good. Like, maybe she's cool. She replies. They have a little bit of an email conversation and then Shannon asks her out. So the next day, as she's heading out for her date, she runs into Haley in the courtyard. Shocker. (laughs) And says, okay, well, how are you? Haley's like, oh, long day. You look nice. Shannon says, oh, I'm meeting someone for drinks. He's just like, oh, okay. 
And then Shannon says, and this I felt was really cool because so often in books, romance books in, in particular, you get the miscommunications and it's just a lack of communication skills. And in this book, I feel like the communication skills exist. It's just this particular thing they're not communicating about. Because Shannon says, if I did something to offend you, I hope you'll tell me. Which I thought was very open and forthright of her. Yeah. <laughs> I see that you've been treating me differently. <laughs> Please let me know if I messed up. <laughs> Haley says, no, it's fine. Maybe we'll play tennis again next week. When Shannon meets up with Marcy, they have a really nice outing. Um, the only problem is, is that she doesn't have the chemistry with yeah, Marcy. There's no spark. Yeah. Marcy's very pretty. She's very funny. She's got a nice voice. They really get along. As they're having drinks, Marcy asks if she'd like to have dinner the next week. Uh, Shannon agrees. At the end of the day, Shannon kisses her and it's a good kiss, but it's just that. Like, it's just a good kiss. It's not like anything special. When she gets home, guess who's in the courtyard? Santa? Haley. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And Haley's like, I was waiting for you. I wanted to see how your date went. And then Shannon's like, it was fine. We're going to go out again Friday. And Haley's like, oh, that's great. (laughs) This is kind of the point in the story where I'm like, come on, Shannon. Pick up what she's throwing down here. Not only that, I was like, Haley, why are you stalking her in the courtyard? Like that moment was weird. Oh, she's so stalking her. She she admits to stalking her later. I don't know. Like it started to get a little uh you know, it's like every time Shana was going through, I'm like, A, does does Haley have a job? I know we're told that she does. But also we're it, it felt a little like she was waiting up for like her spouse to return home. She's not her spouse. Shannon is a free agent. Oh, like she's like she's got some sort of say on when Shannon can come and go. Yeah, you know that that's where it was starting to feel like, dude. If you like her, say that you like her. Don't do the weird. So I see that you stepped out. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this whole conversation in the courtyard is weird because Haley's like, you know, oh, your date went well. Oh, that's good for you. <laughs> like she implies she's been led on or has a one-sided um interest in someone and even at this point shannon doesn't pick up on it at all because shannon's just like i think at this point has just filed Haley into her brain as like straight girl do not think about her that way even though she's cute yeah i guess it doesn't matter if you're gay or not right it's like if, if you're hanging out with someone they that is of the gender you're attracted to and you know they're unavailable you kind of mentally file them in the unavailable category yeah even if you're attracted to them, right? So it makes sense to me, I guess, that she wouldn't pick up on it. But I don't know. On the other hand, it's so freaking obvious at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Please, Shannon, stop being dumb. Yeah, I think at this point I'm going, okay, you realize she's waiting up for you, right, Shannon? (laughs) She doesn't realize it. She has no idea. Because it's late, right? Yeah, it's dark. So it's sort of odd that she would just be sitting there in the darkish area waiting lurking (laughs) yeah unless there's a significant reason i think Haley should have womaned up and told her what was going on in this moment yes because she even asked oh is it the girl you met tonight and shannon's like no we didn't have that click instead of like saying oh well 
what about me? <laughs> yeah. No, but Haley starts to get really upset because Shannon's like, no, I think I'll give her, like, another try because, you know, compared to some of the women she's met, Marcy's normal. Yeah. And that's the point when I'm going, well, then Haley, tell her how you feel. And of course, they they can't read my mind. And even if they did, they clearly have ignored me. Shannon has a conversation with Kaylin, her sister, about her, her quandary, I guess. And the quandary is that she's into Haley, but she's straight and unavailable. And she has this other potential interest in Marcy, but she doesn't have that spark with Marcy. And Kaylin kind of has like a talk about like, maybe you should back off from hanging out with Haley because when you're interested in someone and you keep hanging out with them, even though you know it can't go anywhere, it doesn't really help the interest go away. Yes. Why continue to torture yourself? Yeah. Which I think is good advice. Yeah. Shannon doesn't like this advice. And she even says, well, that's hard to do with her living one floor below me. (laughs) And lurking in courtyards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Haley. The power goes out and Shannon goes down to where her car is parked in the garage to find the to find her cell phone because she can't find it in her apartment. Oh, and Haley is out there. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> but Haley is like over by where the cars are. She's leaning against one of the cars. And Shannon says, oh, is that your car? And Haley nods. Shannon says, oh, it's not a rental. And Haley goes, no. And Shannon says, well, it has Georgia plates. How long have you lived in New Orleans? And Haley, with the twitchy lips, says, a little less than two months. (laughs) And this is where things start to click into place for Shannon. She's all, where in Georgia are you from? And Haley's like, Atlanta. (laughs) Which is something that she'd shared as newbie in the emails shannon says why didn't you tell me and Haley says like she quotes uh shannon's advice keep up the lie and hope she never finds out and shannon's like how did you know it was me you were talking to and so Haley explains how she figured it out she says that the reason she didn't come clean right when she figured it out was because that was right after she talked about how she had been less than faithful to her husband she felt like that was weird And she had planned to tell her the night she invited her to dinner. But then she got that email from Shannon about keep the lie up. And then she's just like, I don't know. But then more things click into place. And Shannon says, I thought you were straight. Why are you on a gay dating website? (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is revealed. And we're not even halfway through the book. Shannon's upset, I think understandably so, and says she needs some time to think about things and is very conflicted because now Haley isn't in the unavailable category. She's in the available yet lying category. (laughs) Available but complicated. She calls her sister for advice. Her sister says, run away (laughs) from Haley. Run, run, run. Cheating is bad. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Yes. Kaylin's very black and white about it. Shannon does not take this advice. She goes to Haley's apartment. They have a talk and kind of decide that they're going to just be friends because that's all Haley can offer. I don't know why that's all Haley can offer. I guess it's because she's letting Shannon go on the date with Marcy, even though Shannon's admitted that she doesn't feel that spark with Marcy. I don't know. Haley is not very proactive. No. 
So Shannon goes on the date with Marcy and is just like kind of nitpicking the whole conversation in her head. Why is she talking to me like this? Why is she acting like this? This is annoying. Like picking up like all the things that annoy her, even though there's nothing wrong with Marcy, really. No, it's it's because Marcy isn't who she wants to be with. So she's finding fault. To her credit, she she does do the I think you're great, but it's not you. It's me. Because that's true sort of conversation at the end of the date you know marcy you know kind of seems open to continuing you know asks her if she wants to go dancing or get drinks and goes to give her a hug and shannon's just like you know i can't do this and so she's honest and marcy is very like well i think you should sort your feelings out and if things don't work out give me a call And if I'm still available, maybe we could try again, which I felt was very mature. Yay, Marcy. And nice. And one of the things I liked about this interaction, too, is that Marcy was like, if I'm available, we could try again. (laughs) Shannon kind of gets she she gets another hint about Haley's true feelings because she gets a call from Marvin who says that Haley had come in saying that Shannon had referred her to him specifically and just would not shut up about how awesome Shannon was the whole time he was doing her hair. And Shannon's like, well, that's interesting because she just wants to be friends. (laughs) You say this thing, but you do this thing. Yeah. And then right after the call, she gets a knock on the door and it's Haley with her dog saying, can you please babysit my dog? I have a work function that I need to attend. And usually the dog watches TV while I'm gone, but my TV died. Fuzzy can't watch his musicals. And she has her ex-husband with her. Yes, Fuzzy loves musicals, especially Grease. Well, (laughs) it is a fun musical. (laughs) Haley and and her ex-husband Mark are going to this work function. Shannon's babysitting Fuzzy. Shannon and Fuzzy get along really well. They go out, they have a nice walk, they play bouncy ball. Domesticity. Fuzzy gives uh, Shannon some good advice. (laughs) Fuzzies often give good advice. I don't know. You kind of just have to read this scene to really appreciate it for what it is. But at this point in the story, Fuzzy is just characterized very well. Yay, Fuzzy. (laughs) They get back. Shannon says, I'm sorry, I don't have grease, but I do have mame. Will that suffice? (laughs) (laughs) And then when Haley picks up Fuzzy that night, she offers to buy Shannon dinner the following night to thank her. And so Shannon agrees. They're trying to do the friendship thing. Yay, trying. So they have dinner. They talk about the infidelity again and how Haley was struggling with accepting her sexuality. If she had been straight, she would never have cheated. Shannon kisses her. It's a very short kiss, but it's a a tingly kiss. A sparky kiss. It kind of feels like it's going somewhere. I feel like at this point in the story, okay, they're going to talk. They're going to share their feelings. It's going to be good. They just kissed. It's great. But then, no, Shannon gets a phone call. It's her dad is in the hospital now. Feelings are better left buried in backyards under very tall oaks. Don't talk about feelings. (laughs) Feelings, schmealings. So she's planning to fly out to Florida with her sister early the next day. Haley says, stay with me. I won't let you oversleep. And so Haley takes care of Shannon that night, cuddles with her in bed, makes sure she has 
breakfast in the morning at Beverly. It's very domestic and nice and she's very caring and please let me know how things are going with your dad and all that. The dad is okay. It turned out it turned out to be a thing that was scary but not horrible. No, stints are normal. I mean, it's terrifying, but yeah. At this point, Kaylin reveals that she's pregnant, which is a big deal because Kaylin is 38 and has been trying to get pregnant and her and her husband had given up. And so this is like a surprise miracle baby for her. Yay! Shannon has like this early memory of her dad being overly familiar with a woman that wasn't her mom. That at the time she didn't understand, but now she sees it for what it was. Yeah, how do you think the story handled that? Because first we meet the dad in the hospital and everybody seems fine with each other. Yeah, it was interesting. I feel like this is an important important thing because Shannon Shannon is a little girl she sees this thing going on the mom catches her the mom is also aware this is going on and is like oh that's daddy's special friend it's only a secret don't tell anyone and Shannon never does Shannon never tells anyone yeah not even her sister which I think is interesting considering how close they are in the text it says When it all dawned on me, I secretly resented my father and worried that one day we wouldn't all be a family anymore. I kept the secret, though, telling no one, not even Kaylin. In adulthood, I realized that mom had somehow found it in her heart to forgive him. I eventually did, too, in secret. I think she kind of took cues from her mom. You know, her mom acted like it wasn't a thing, even though obviously it was. I think that situation goes on for years, if memory serves. There's also a heart-to-heart moment with Shannon and her mom. They're cleaning the kitchen together, and then they go out on the patio with coffee, and she says, Mom, can I ask you a personal question? And her mom's like, okay. And Shannon says, why did you stay with him? And her mom seems like kind of like, oh, I thought you (laughs) forgot. Guess not. Whoops. She says, at first it was that I didn't want to break up our home. I was a housewife with no education and two girls barely in school. That's why when you two started high school, I went to beauty school. I waited till y'all went off to college to confront him. He was shocked that I'd known all that time and never said anything. He begged my forgiveness and swore it was only once. I have no idea if that was the truth, but I chose to accept it as so. So I don't know how long the actual infidelity went on, but it was years between her learning about it and the confrontation at the very least. Let's see. Her mom also says, I loved him and I couldn't make myself stop. After I told him that I knew, he spent all these years trying to make it up to me. I'm not saying the affair was a blessing in disguise, but our relationship has been wonderful ever since. I wonder if it had been as good otherwise. And then Shannon says, when I think about the women I've been involved with, I don't think I could have forgiven any of them for that. And her mom says, I know you loved the women you were serious with, but I've wondered if you were ever truly in love. Yeah. They have like a little talk about Haley and how Haley is divorced because she had an affair with a woman and has deep regrets and stuff like that. And her mom doesn't really give her any advice or anything, but I think the reason she told her mom that was to be like, this is why I'm asking you these questions. One of the reasons I thought maybe her father's affair went on for so long is because Shannon seems to place a lot of importance on it. At one point in the story, she comments like that's why she's shy. I don't know if I necessarily understood that. Yeah. I mean, I could see that making a character controlling. 
I could see something like that with, especially if she's afraid of lo- like losing her family over it, like making the care, making Shannon controlling or making her possessive or things like that. I don't understand where that contributed to her shyness. It made sense to me because it kind of goes along with like not wanting to form connections with other people or being reticent about forming connections with other people. Like, well, my own family that should be together and a permanent fixture in my life may at any moment break apart. She has this fear growing up about it. So why would she form connections with other people that aren't so permanent? I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I kind of felt it went that way a bit. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. There's some other stuff that happens, but an important event in the story is that Kaylin, now that she's pregnant, that means that she has to take it easy because she's a high-risk pregnancy. Shannon kind of has to step up a little bit and fill her shoes some more in the business, you know, do some more of those interpersonal things that she doesn't necessarily enjoy. And one of those things is attending this conference Kaylin is supposed to attend and give a speech at... And instead, Shannon gets to go and give a speech. And there was this very funny part where when Kaylin calls her to break the news to her, Shannon says, I'm going to have to start wearing diapers along with your baby because lately, every time you open your mouth, I want to shit my pants. (laughs) I thought that was a great line. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, that was great. But Kaylin is is very used to kind of micromanaging Shannon's shyness. She's got like this whole itinerary for her. She's like, Marvin will go with you and he'll like kind of quote manage you. Emotional support Marvin. Woohoo. Yeah, she even calls Angela, who's I think a vendor that they work closely with, that that's the reason they're doing this conference to help promote their products. She even calls Angela and kind of preps her on everything too. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) take care of my sister. And then she even gives her some Valium, (laughs) which is illegal to share medication. Naughty, naughty. And this is where we get some just awesome Marvin-ness, all the Marvin-ness. And this whole section is just I think the best. you kind of need Marvin at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I know I needed Marvin at that point. Marvin is the type of person who just thrives in these sort of circumstances. You know, schmoozing, being social, looking attractive. Yes, he he's in his <laughs> element. He really is. And he takes care of Shannon so well. He does her hair, he does her makeup, he makes sure she's dressed nicely, he makes her feel comfortable, he helps her practice her speech. There's this one point where they're preparing to go to the social on the first day. She's showering to get ready and it says, As I showered, I counted myself lucky to have a gay man to take care of me. Left on my own, I probably would have tried to wear my Mickey Mouse sleep shirt under my top to hide my breasts. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But she looks wonderful. Marvin looks wonderful. They go down and meet Angela. And Angela kind of reveals that she's under a lot of pressure because her boss is there and her job is potentially in jeopardy. So please make me sound good. If nothing else, just don't get me fired. (laughs) Which gives a little bit more pressure on Shannon for that. 
later Shannon and Marvin have a talk about Haley and Marvin's like she seems so enamored with you when she came into the salon Shannon says well every now and then she'll make a move that makes me think she's interested then she'll back off and Marvin says I dated a guy like that once and so he tells a story about how he had dated a guy who wasn't out to his family and was a little bit older than him and was married when they started going out and one time caught him out at dinner with his wife and realized what was going on and just kind of ghosted him but then the guy tracked him down and said he was going to leave her and he did his whole family abandoned him because of I guess because he was gay but also possibly because of the divorce this put all this pressure on Marvin because that was the only other person this dude had and Marvin was like yeah no he was too clingy so I broke it off yes it's just kind of sad but it kind of makes a little bit of sense why Marvin would tell her this because he says I don't know what Haley's situation is but I imagine she's just as scared as he was she left not one but two relationships and moved away I'd be a mite apprehensive too now the next day we get introduced to Zoe who is an owner of another salon in Houston. Zoe is also a lesbian and is very predatory, I guess, would be a good word for it. She slept with a lot of her employees. She likes to brag about her conquests. And her sights are on Shannon. <laughs> Which, Shannon's a free agent, but it, of course, is, would be problematic. Shannon, Angela, and Marvin are going out to dinner and they run into Zoe and Zoe kind of gets like invited because she's another of Angela's clients. Zoe is being flirty with Shannon. Shannon seems like kind of interested. Angela's running interference though. Yeah, because she's trying to protect her. Yeah, Shannon goes to the bathroom and Zoe acts like she's going to go to the bathroom too. And Angela's like, no, no, I'll go with you. <laughs> and when they get to the bathroom... Angela says, your sister gave me strict instructions to keep you away from her. <laughs> I have my orders. <laughs> but then Zoe does come into the bathroom. And at that point, Shannon kisses Angela and then says to Zoe, oh, don't tell anyone. It might be considered unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, Angela is straight. But later she she makes it clear like it was fine, like it wasn't a big deal. Well, I mean, it's good if it's no big deal to her. It would be less good if she felt traumatized yeah. by it. So it's time for the speech. <laughs> Shannon takes the <laughs> Valium, but it's not kicking in. She's having trouble eating. She has a drink. That's a good combination of things. Is, oh, God. <laughs> and then it turns out she is super high. <laughs> She's making very good choices right now. <laughs> Oh, Marvin basically force feeds her an entire pot of coffee, <laughs> manages her as best he can. She gets steered onto the stage, <laughs> gives her speech, and apparently it went okay. I think her perception is that it goes okay. I'm not entirely sure if everyone else's perception is that it went okay. Yeah, we don't really hear, like, we don't really get to know a whole lot about how the speech went. Like, just just that Angela and Marvin told her that it was fine. <laughs> that might be damage control. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I mean, at that point, it's done. 
Well, it actually did make a good impression on Angela's boss because it saved her job. So <laughs> yay. <laughs> <laughs> when um, Shannon and Marvin get back to town, Shannon gives Marvin her uh, $500 emergency money. It's like, thank you. And also please don't tell my sister. <laughs> Let's keep this between us. <laughs> she gets a knock on her door and it's Haley who sees that, oh, you were on a trip. Shannon's like, oh, yeah, I was on a business trip. Why were you gone? And Haley's like, oh, I had to think about things. And then they have another like, let's just be friends conversation. Then Shannon avoids Haley for weeks, going opposite ways out of the apartment, not going into the courtyard when at all possible. She has another conversation with her sister where her sister's like, cheaters are bad. Boo hiss. Online dating is bad. Boo hiss. Then Shannon gets a call from Kaylin a while later. I am pregnant. I cannot go in and help at the salon because I could get sick. You need to go in. <sighs> so Shannon goes <laughs> and is receptionist for the day. It's very stressful. She's doing okay. Haley shows up. Apparently she has an appointment with Marvin that day. She's talking about getting her hair cut super short. Shannon is watching this exchange. And as Marvin goes to cut Haley's hair short, Shannon says, no. <laughs> Stop in the name of love. Leave the hair alone. It's too gorgeous. Don't cut it off. Oh, beautiful hair. And then <laughs> she finishes the call she was on. <laughs> she, she did this while she was on the phone. With a customer. Don't be alarmed. I just shout randomly. But then Marvin shows up at the desk with a smile and is like, Haley would like to know exactly how you want her hair done. <laughs> I love Marvin. And Shannon says, I'm sorry. I just can't stand to see you cut it off. You'll look good no matter what, though. <laughs> so Haley only cuts off two inches. Shannon has been temping at the salon for about a week and then she gets sick. And she's one of those people where she's like in denial. I feel terrible, but I'll just power through. I'm fine. <laughs> Marvin shows up. He's like, no, no, you're not fine. I'll be right back. And then he goes and gets Haley. Haley helps Shannon get dressed. They take her to the urgent care. And it turns out she has strep. Haley kind of takes care of her the whole time. She's sick, which is very mm -hmm. sweet. Very domestic. And they kind of fall into a little bit of a pattern, I guess. So as Shannon gets better, Haley goes back to work, but they eat dinner together. Shannon hangs out with Fuzzy. They go out and feed the ducks. The geese are horrible. Something gets very snappy. Shannon apparently has never seen geese before, and she doesn't know the difference between ducks and geese. She tries to feed some bread to a goose. The goose starts trying to attack her and then Fuzzy rescues Shannon. Fuzzy to the rescue! Oh, and they also start using pet names because Haley calls Shannon baby. Oh! Kind of on accident, like it's, it slips out. Then later Shannon calls Haley sweetie and Haley seems like kind of surprised but like cool with it. And at that point... Shannon gets a phone call from Marcy, who kind of seems to be testing the waters a bit, I think. She has a reason to call, but really it's kind of like, so, how are things going with that other person you were interested in? Yeah, Haley kind of starts to pull away, but Shannon doesn't really let her. 
Shannon's kind of afraid at this point to ask Haley out again because Haley keeps telling her no. Because yeah, it's gone so well. <laughs> yeah, every time she's like, puts herself out there, Haley's like, no, no. Shannon's mom comes by for a visit and they all hang out. Shannon, her sister, and her mom. Her mom tells Shannon that she should ask Haley out again. I can tell she's totally into you. She took care of you the whole time you were sick. I talked to her on the phone. You should ask her out again. Okay, here's a question. Do you think that Shannon should have asked Haley out again? Or do you think Haley should have womaned up and asked her? I really wanted Haley to make some kind of definitive move. Me too! Okay. I was so frustrated at this point. It's like they're playing tug of war, right? And every time Shannon pulls the rope, Haley lets go. Yeah. And there's even a line around this point in the book that I highlighted. And it says, this game of tug of war was making me weary. And I wrote next to it, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I felt like it really should have been Haley's move. She's just so frustratingly passive. Yeah. How many times does Shannon have to reach out? Exactly. Dude. Exactly. The book is told from Shannon's perspective. We know where Shannon is. We know how much she has wanted to be with Haley. You know, thought about making overtures, acted on on that. You know, she's not passive. As long as she thinks there's a chance, you know, she's going for it, which is cool. But the whole time, Haley's like, um, no. Um, no. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh. When there's no... There seems to me to be no reason for her to keep saying no. She's scared. I I guess at that point, then I needed more story from Haley's perspective. I don't know. At a certain point, I'm like, Shannon, you need to leave her alone and go find someone else. (laughs) Well, and Shannon keeps trying to, and she gets told by others that, no, no, you actually should keep trying. Because she gets told that from both her mom and from Marvin. Yeah. I just don't feel like the the burden is on Shannon. I think the burden should have been on Haley to make some sort of overture and oh, move. Oh, I agree. And actually be like, yes, I am into you, rather than the constant retreating. Yeah, the other thing too is that Haley keeps doing things that are very couple-like. Taking care of Shannon when she's worried about her dad. Taking care of Shannon when she's sick. Turning to Shannon when her dog runs away, which is the next thing that happens. All things that you would do for your significant other. She's treating Shannon like her significant other, but then Shannon doesn't get any benefit from that. Yeah, friends, no benefits. (laughs) You know, there's, yeah, what is she getting out of this relationship? I don't know. She's getting told no a lot. <laughs> Not any booty. That is true. That's for sure. But yeah, Haley's dog runs away and she comes to Shannon's apartment and asks Shannon to help her look. Speaking of Haley needing things from Shannon. <laughs> so Shannon does. They end up finding the dog. The dog is fine. Shannon kisses Haley. Like at that point when the dog was missing, like I kept telling myself like, oh, it's it's a romance story. The dog is fine. And I was legit not worried until you saw the ball. Oh. And no dog. Yeah. Because of how much Fuzzy loved that tennis ball and you just see the tennis ball. I was like, oh no, not the-. <laughs> then I started getting really worried. I got worked up. I know. Not the dog. <laughs> I know, I was like, kill every character, but the dog should be okay. (laughs) The dog survives. 
the dog can be the lone survivor. I was I was worried about Fuzzy at that point. <laughs> After they find Fuzzy, Haley invites Shannon over for dinner. Shannon's like, heck yeah. Like, I will take anything you offer because I am desperate. Yeah. Hmm. After dinner, Shannon kisses Haley. Haley kisses her back. It's hot. Woohoo, reciprocal. And then Shannon says, that's the second time I forced a kiss on you. The next time you'll meet me willingly. And then Haley smiles and says, next time? And Shannon says, yep, like after dinner tomorrow night. So now they're going on a date. Yay, date. But it's just like, dude, really? I mean, yeah. Shannon basically had to tell Haley, okay, we're going on a date now for Haley to go on a date with her. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I know that sigh. <laughs> Before the day, Haley initiates a kiss. Yes. They make out. It's very hot and heavy. And then they go out and have a good dinner, have a lot of sexual flirty tension, get back to Haley's apartment, and finally, finally have sex. <laughs> Thank the gods. And then the story just kind of winds down from there, I guess. Like they have a dinner or something with Haley and her mom and her sister. Yes. Kaylin finally kind of accepts Haley, I think. See, I wonder if the mom told Kaylin about the dad. I thought it was the miscarriage thing because Kaylin has had two miscarriages before getting pregnant and Haley like mentioned she had had one too. Well, I thought they were okay before they had that conversation. Mm. Because the mom had talked to her. They were getting along okay, but there was the point where Shannon and her mom are in the other room and Shannon goes to get Haley out of the nursery that Kaylin is is working on. And Kaylin and Haley are like crying and hugging each other. Yeah, no, I think they emotionally bond over that. Plus, Haley brings chocolate. Oh yeah, there's the chocolate. We cannot forget the chocolate. Oh, and then there's the video. Apparently, um, Zoe had videoed the speech at the conference and sent it to <laughs> Kaylin. Thank you, Zoe. But it's a very bad video because you can't really hear what's going on with the speech. You can just hear um, Zoe gossiping about how Shannon and Angela were going hot and heavy in the restroom, which could have had potential to be an issue with Haley, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah, because praise almost... Zeus. <laughs> I swear, when this bomb dropped and it was like Zoe said in the video the thing about Angela and Shannon, I was like, oh my goodness, if this is a thing, I am going to close the book and just stop here. <laughs> This cannot be a like thing. like in the ring. It's like, if I stop now, it's a happy movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a whole chapter that's just about Valentine's Day and they're cute. Like, that's all it is. Yay, and then cute. there's an epilogue where Kaylin's baby's born. You find out it's a girl. You find out that Haley and Shannon bought a house together and are adopting a second dog the end yes there is additional cute in their lives babies and doggies yes the addition of cute is very important there was so much push pull in this book so much well it's not even i don't know if it's push pull so much as it is pull nothing 
Yeah. Pull, let go. Yeah. <laughs> How was the audiobook this time? So the book was narrated by Lori Prince, who did a really, really good job with Shannon. Actually, she did a really good job with all the the characters. That was super helpful when it came to Haley. Like, she captured a very reserved person. I shouldn't say captured, but portrayed. She didn't capture her. She wasn't, like, in the bushes. <laughs> she captured her in the courtyard. But no, I think Lori Prince did a really amazing job. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I know there were certain points and I'm like, if this was a mystery or like a crime book, this would be a very different vibe. <laughs> so close. <laughs> oh, Haley. So are you happy for their happy? I was happy about all the emotional honesty in the book and the characters. Like I really enjoyed how the characters were, but I'm happy for them as a couple. I mean, they were cute together. I mean, that's the thing is they were really cute together. But I kind of was really annoyed at Haley. But when I wasn't rem- reminding myself that I was annoyed with Haley, they were very cute. <laughs> and I guess I was happy. I was happy enough. What about you? I was happy they finally were together because, my goodness. <laughs> Can we just get together, please? <laughs> Get together. Did they yeah, earn yeah, it? Yeah. I think Shannon earned it. <laughs> yes. Shannon more than earned it. <laughs> Did Haley earn it? Eh, negligible. No. <laughs> no. I think Haley tortured herself a lot. Probably. Hopefully. I don't feel like that helped. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it for me too is like it's really hard for me to get into Haley's head. And it's not that the author didn't give you clues. I think the author gave a lot of clues as to subtext and stuff like that. Like how Haley was reacting that maybe Shannon didn't pick up on and things like that. But it just wasn't enough for me to really understand Haley, I guess. I I think I have a good idea of like how she was thinking or feeling, but I don't really understand it. Haley was a mystery to me. There was lots of things about Haley I just didn't understand. And that may have been helped if some of... The story was seen through her point of view. Yeah, like you, I think that the that Alexander did a really good job indicating things about Haley. I just, I, I don't know. I, I want to know why she was so retreaty. She was unbearably reticent. Yeah, it was. It was like trauma level. Yeah, I, I was sort of almost expecting something like that because of how retreaty she was which would have been fine if she had had some sort of experience or experiences that would make her that reticent that would have made it make more sense or her life was better explained like i she mentioned that she basically lost her family when she divorced but did that also mean mean that she lost all of her friends to where it would make her really cautious about opening up or scared because it, it almost was like a, a fear thing maybe for her she may have lost all her friends or maybe she was in one of those relationships where you know they just have couple friends yeah and she lost all the friends in the divorce because she cheated or something well she did move hopefully it was over the cheating and not the gayness yes although she we, we learned that um, her family relationships cooled due to the gayness, I think. Yeah. Which is sad. How do you rate Shannon? I put her as awesome. I liked Shannon. She was fun. She was snarky. I appreciate the snark. Tip of the hat to her. <laughs> 
What about you? I rated her awesome also. <laughs> I agree with you. I liked her snark. Yeah. I liked her social awkwardness. I could relate. <laughs> yes. I really appreciated how she kept pressing forward to like, okay, well, this sucks, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying. I thought that was really nice. Like the perseverance. Yeah, she didn't wallow. What about Haley? How do you rate Haley? I wrote, I met in her general direction. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't with Haley. It was so awkward because once they, like when they were doing the domesticity thing, like when they were a couple, they were cute and yay. yeah. But then there was a lot of, pardon me while I run away. Without a reason, I'm left with going, I'm so frustrated. What about you? How did you rate Haley? Well, that's interesting because I also rated her meh. <laughs> Double meh. And I knows? did that thing that I always do where I try to make excuses. Maybe she'll get better later. Yeah, you're nicer than I, I am. Know, there's nothing really wrong with her. Like you said, when they're together, when they're when they're a couple and they're having couple time, it's great. She feels like a person to me. She doesn't feel like, you know, just a flat character or anything like that. It's just I did not connect with her at all. Yeah, no, she didn't feel like a flat character. She did, like you said, felt like a person. I guess looking back on it, I think it's because she's just so passive. The only active thing she does is to say no. I disagree with you there because I think that she is active in little ways. It's just indirect. She takes care of Shannon when Shannon needs it. That's like, true. She steps up. She does. But as far as like... And then she retreats. Being active in moving the relationship forward in a direct way where, you know, there's clear communication. Yeah, not so much. And it, it really feels like she was waiting for Shannon to to make her do it. And then it makes me wonder, like, does Haley want to be in that relationship? It makes me question it. Like, I wonder, too, like, now that we're talking about some more, I wonder, like, maybe she feels like, maybe she put Shannon on a pedestal. Like, maybe she feels like she's not worthy of Shannon because she's bad. Maybe. She was bad and she did bad things. She's not worthy of the good, wonderful Shannon. That would make sense. Maybe she's one of those characters. I mean, we know she feels guilty. But it doesn't make me like her anymore. Like, I'm just, eh, no. No, it just might explain things a little better. Yeah. Having a better explanation might make me as a reader enjoy their romance journey better. I mean, not like her any better, but I don't necessarily need to like a character to enjoy a story. Yeah. So what about the antagonists or villains in this story? <laughs> Is Haley a villain? <laughs> we should make a rule where the hero and heroine cannot be villains. <laughs> I sort of feel like some authors subscribe to the notion that the... The villain or the antagonist is the other person in the couple. <laughs> it seems like it because they're the ones that are creating the conflict and being on the opposite side of whatever. I think part of the thing is that like so much drama and romance books, especially contemporary, comes from that are we in a relationship or aren't we sort of thing. You know, like that's where the, the yeah. drama comes from. There's not a whole lot of other things happening or going on and so you're left thinking well if i had to pick out an antagonist it would be the other person in the couple or that person to themselves because there's nothing else and and i think that's fair you know and i, I agree with you a lot of times like 
when we discuss these books and you point that out, I, I don't disagree. But at the same time, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what are the authors thinking when it comes to this? I don't know if it's on purpose <laughs> that they're doing that or if it just happens to come out that way. I think it, I mean, and I could be completely wrong and every author is, of course, different, but it might be a byproduct of the fact that there aren't other conflicts you know, there aren't enough external conflicts that are reoccurring threats. Yeah. Especially in the absence of internal conflicts that represent that threat, then then it's sort of like, well, whoever the, quote unquote, the protagonist or the lead is, in this case, Shannon, the hero or heroine, like, what does, what does our hero want, right? Yeah. Well, love in the form of, of Haley and who, who or what is keeping... The love away and it's Haley. Haley is going access denied. I don't know why authors keep doing that. I don't know if it's the absence of, of other things or if it's just because they want to have the couple characters together so much that it sort of bubbles them and then excludes lots of other stuff that could be conflicty stuff that could build into something. You brought up a really good point, I think. A lot of the external things that happen in these stories tend to be like a one-shot deal and aren't reoccurring bad things. And I think that that's, that seems to be especially prevalent in romance books where, okay, the couple's doing couple stuff and then this one thing happens and then this is how they overcome it. And then they're doing couple stuff and then this other thing happens and this is how they overcome that. And it seems almost like they're encountering waves while on the seashore versus something that's a yeah. reoccurring thread that's going to come to some sort of climax and conclusion because the main point of the story is the relationship so i think you're right i think maybe we need to um consider how we want to adjust this part of our analysis in the future we should talk about that off air we we should as you were saying your your way of analogy i was thinking like yes and i think sometimes those those obstacles are treated as like individual waves and they're not seen as a set. Right. I, I tend to, although not all the time, but I tend to like it where it's like, no, no, it's, the author appreciates the fact that all of those obstacles are related to one big central issue for the couple to overcome and thus be together and happily together. Yeah, and I mean, forever. it's not necessary, yeah. I think, to have that in the story no. for it to be a good story. I think that maybe that's an expectation that just isn't fair for um, this genre or something. Yeah, maybe. I try not to be, but, but yeah, I think sometimes I have unrealistic expectations maybe for this genre. Yeah, well, romance books are a little unique in that way, I feel, in that they are so very, very couple-centric. Like, that is the whole point of the story. And so a lot of the things that you would expect to find in other genres may not appear in the same form in a romance story for that very reason, because it's about the couple primarily above all else <laughs> yes. that sounds like a criticism i don't mean it as a criticism it's just a an observation i don't think of it as a criticism i think that's one reason why i like science fiction romance stories so well is that the author also has to put work into world building and that gives us like some more things in the story than just the couple and you get to see the couple in an interesting setting <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I understand. I get that. And usually there's some element of survival in those stories that isn't present in um, a contemporary. I think for me, like, if it's contemporary, then 
Oh, this sounds so bad. Then I need murder or something. Well, see, you thought you needed murder until we read that one story. (laughs) (laughs) That is clearly the exception and not the rule. (laughs) So how do you rate the book? I rated it a four. Okay. Because I really liked the characters. That's really good. Yes, Haley was frustrating. But I think all the characters were really well done and really seemed like people. And the Marvin was exceptionally good. So how did you rate the book? I kind of waffled a little bit between a three and a four, but I settled on four. Oh, yay. Because I I liked Shannon's character arc so well. Yes. I like that she saw she wasn't happy with how her life was and took steps to improve it and succeeded. Yeah, Shannon was amazing. And became more comfortable with who she is and, you know, more comfortable with putting herself out there. So if you look at it as a story about Shannon, it's a four for sure. The other characters were really well done as well. I think the relationships with her mom and her sister were really well done. You get an impression like of familiarity, you know, familial ties and things like that. You get like this nice sort of feeling of comfortableness, I think, in the interaction she has with those other characters. So that was really cool. They felt established, like their relationships were established and not forced at all. And I really liked how the author portrayed um, the interactions between Shannon and Haley, like all the little context clues, all the couple time, even though they weren't technically a couple, they had a lot of couple time in this book, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I really liked Fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuzzy was adorable. Oh, and Marvin. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Fuzzy and Marvin. Can't forget Marvin. (laughs) Well, did you feel romanced? Uh, I don't know. I wanted to feel romanced. Okay. There were a couple points in the story where I felt romanced, but I think as a, as a whole, no. So like partially, like 50% romance. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's... Like semi-romanced? There, there were several points in the book where I was like, okay, and now the story's over. Why is there still more? I don't understand. Why Why are you still going? Yeah, it's because it's Haley has to run away. <laughs> but it felt like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I know. So we'd get the build up, we'd get the build up, and there'd be the romance, and I'd be into it, and then it'd be like, oh, wait, no. Oh, there's more. Oh, okay then. Haley has to withdraw. <laughs> what about you? Did you feel romanced? No. <laughs> Should I even bother asking you? (laughs) (laughs) They were cute. I just, yeah. Oh, Haley. Haley turned you off. She really did. You need someone more forthcoming? At least a little bit. Sort of felt like a lot of times, like, the romance was happening at Haley. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon's throwing the romance at her, but she's behind a a glass wall. Basically. I felt really bad for Shannon. I'm just like, oh. Shannon's like, here, take it. Take my romance, please. Here, let's go get rejected again. Come on, it'll be fun. I promise. We'll go get ice cream after. Like, it's just... Give me a shot. Oh. 
<laughs> there were several times I was like, Shannon, are you sure you don't want to try it with Marcy or like anybody else who might be a little bit more receptive? Well, not Stacy. No, no. <laughs> not Jackie. <laughs> she was a little terrifying. She she needs a Marvin. She needs a, a c- emotional support Marvin. She has a Marvin. Which she are you talking about? I feel like we're talking about very different she's. I'm talking about Shannon. Oh. Who are you talking about? I thought we were talking about Jackie. Oh, no, I moved on from Jackie. She's got anger issues, so she needs someone. Keep my precious Marvin away from Jackie. (laughs) Okay. I'll leave that alone. (laughs) Jackie doesn't deserve Marvin. Oh, poor Jackie. Moving on. What are we moving on to? (laughs) Oh, yes. What are you reading? So I recently finished His Human Surrogate by Michelle Mills. This is book two in the Monsters Love Curvy Girls series. Last episode, we talked about book three in the series. So I went back and read books one and two, and I'm in the middle of book four. Book two thus far is my favorite. One of the things I especially like about this particular one is it, it has the um, unrequited love trope where the heroine has a crush on the hero who's an alien. Don't forget. Not forgotten. But thinks that he thinks of her as just a friend. She decides she wants to move to his planet because her BFF lives there, who's the heroine from book one. Mm. Mm-hmm. And her love interest lives there, even though he's just her friend. And the only way she can move to the planet is to either be a surrogate or there was some other job she could do. Anyway, one of two jobs. And the one job she picked was surrogate. And there was like this bidding war over who would get to have her as a surrogate because apparently that was like a very trendy thing to have a human surrogate. Her friend ends up bidding on her and and she's a surrogate for him, but he doesn't have a significant other. So she's under the impression that this is him and some anonymous donor's egg. There are some consent issues in this book, which is kind of iffy. So if you're a little worried about iffiness, um, maybe don't read it. But I really liked it because I love all the iffiness. Give me the iffy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Consent issues? Yes, I want to read about them. Do I want to deal with them? No. That's where it's like, yay fantasy. (laughs) As much as I was like, yes, where are the dead bodies? I don't want to actually find dead bodies in real life. I don't want to deal with murder in real life. Like that's, it's okay to want something in in a fantasy that you do not want in your real life. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? What are you reading? It's called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And it's by Samin Nosrat. She explains how those different qualities basically define what you're cooking. So if you improve salt and fat content and the acid and the heat, that your food will get better. And if you understand those things. (laughs) She made some interesting points that made me think about like olive oil. Apparently Americans are just used to the taste of rancid olive oil so they actually prefer it to not rancid olive oil huh i was thinking like i'm one of them aren't i (laughs) probably oh no she apparently like does all of these different like cooking classes and i'm like i want to take your class she 
was saying how like when she started off cooking like when she was a kid like she didn't want to be a chef like that's something that she came to a little bit later although i think like college age so not not that much later but how like she started off not appreciating the fat the salt the acid and the heat and now she does and i don't oh my gosh i'm not selling this well at all bad me i'm stuck on the rancid olive oil (laughs) i am seriously like i feel ill now oh like have i been eating rancid olive oil without knowing maybe yeah she makes recommendations for like the types of olive oil you should you should buy the types of (laughs) she does the different kind of salts you should use how can you tell if it's rancid (laughs) i think that's something we'll have to google Oh. <laughs> Get the book and find out. Um. <laughs> I can't remember what she actually said, which is unfortunate. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> well, that's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. Join us next time when we discuss Extraordinary Union by Alyssa Cole. Bye. Bye. Sorry about the rancid olive oil thing. Like I want to go throw away all the olive oil in my house. Let's look it up first before you do that. It might be fine. I don't know what you want. It's not fine. It's going to be fine. Oh no, are you like rocking and like holding your hair? And... Yes. <laughs> This can be fixed. I actually, like, when you start talking about how Americans prefer the taste of rancid olive oil, I had my gag reflex triggered. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm laughing not because I, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but it's not.